The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Exploring our oneness with spirit and each other. Unity Online Radio. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, where spirituality and recovery meet with Rev. Anna Schaus, Ph.D. Now, here's your host, Rev. Anna Schaus. Welcome to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I am your host, and thank you for being with us today. I'm very glad that you have joined us, and I am Grateful that you are going to our Spirit of Recovery Facebook page and liking us there and commenting and sharing what we're doing here on Spirit of Recovery. It is great, and thank you so much. Thank you also for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community, your unity community, your other spiritual communities, your family members, your friends, whoever, thank you for letting them know about us. It's great. It's it's wonderful to see uh, the listening audience growing there because we know that what we're doing here is to making a difference for people and is touching your heart, opening your mind and supporting your spiritual walk and your recovery if you are indeed a person that's on this recovery path. So thank you so much for sharing about Spirit of Recovery. I love broadcasting on the topic of recovery and spirituality here on Unity Online Radio. And uh, it's great to bring you wonderful guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable and innovative. My guests are always people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for or in some way are in touch with people in the recovery community and the recovery process. And the guests are always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking. You can listen to Spirit of Recovery in a variety of ways. You can listen live via your computer, via your smartphone. You can go to Stitcher.com and download their app and search for Spirit of Recovery. And you can listen to uh, great archives on demand by going to unityonlineradio.org slash program slash Spirit of Recovery. And you'll find several years worth of uh, really inspiring archives there. I want you to know that Spirit of Recovery is a welcoming place. If you're a person in recovery from any kind of addiction, if you're a family member or a friend of someone that has the disease of addiction, and hopefully as a family member or friend, you're also in your own recovery process as a family member or friend because there are recovery programs and processes for family members and friends. Or if you're just somebody that's listening that's just curious about the process of recovery, you just want to learn more. More, want to curious about what it's all about, or whoever you are, I'm very glad that you're here, glad you're listening, and that you are welcome to make comments or ask questions uh, about the topic of the day for the guest. You can email in or you can call in and um, contribute and participate in that way in Spirit of Recovery as well as listening. Again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and an addictions counselor. 
I'm also a person in um, who has in my own circle of love and friendship many people that have the disease of addiction. And 34 years ago, those relationships were a catalyst that got me started on an active path of personal growth and spiritual development. And my walk continues to be an integration of unity and recovery principles. And that keeps transforming my life and it keeps me growing in deeper ways and keeps me close to my higher power and learning more every day about that wonderful relationship. So I am very grateful and very delighted to have the opportunity to share these ideas with you about recovery and spirituality and to hear what you're experiencing in your spirituality and your recovery walk. I want you to know also that if you feel so moved by what you hear on Spirit of Recovery or any and all of the other great programs on Unity Online Radio, if you want to, you can make a financial contribution to this nonprofit venture called Unity Online Radio. Simply text Unity Radio to 72727 from your smartphone and you can make a one-time or ongoing contribution. And thank you for your generosity if you choose to do that. Today, our topic is, May I Sit With You? A Simple Approach to Meditation, and that is the title of a newly published book by my guest, Tom Catton. And Tom has been my guest on Spirit of Recovery um, a couple of times before. Tom is a person who's in long-term recovery. He got into recovery in 1971, and he has been a meditator since 1966. Tom is the author now of two books. Um, the first one is The Mindful Addict, and he has been on Spirit of Recovery a few years ago and talked about that with us. And his new book, May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation, is now available in in a uh, in pub, it's published. You can get it on Amazon or you can also go to centralrecoverypress.com and learn more about Tom and more about the book. Um, as we know, conscious contact with a life-giving power is really an essence of recovery and it's the only thing that can replace the pull of the addictive process, whether that addiction is to substances or behaviors or, and uh, family members and friends, we tend to be addicted to behaviors, those enabling things. And um, so uh, meditation and making that conscious contact with a power, a life-giving power as we understand it, really uh, is a way to shift the focus from whatever it is that we've been compulsive around and to shift it to a deeper and more loving and more gracious and life-giving power. And we know that the 11th step of the 12-step wisdom path clearly calls us to uh, what might seem to be daunting, and that's the practice of prayer and meditation. So, Tom, welcome to Spirit of Recovery. It's good to have you back. Aloha, Anna. Thank you so much for having me back on the air, and thank you for all the work you're doing in the recovery field and getting these beautiful messages out to people. I really am grateful to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Tom. Glad you're here. So, it's wonderful. Your book is out. Um, we talked about it um, several months ago quite when it was just in galleys, and it's out, and it really is a beautiful book. Again, the title, May I Sit With You? A Simple Approach to Meditation. So, um, tell us a little bit about how you came to write this, because um, you write a lot. But you think of yourself as maybe not a writer, but you are, because <laughs> <laughs> a writer is somebody that writes, and you yeah, do that. Yeah. So, but, so tell us, how did you come to write this book? Well, uh, especially ever since the Mindful Addict came out, that gave me um, look at all for for years my whole recovery. All I really, whenever I talk at a convention, I'm always the Sunday morning speaker because they know what I talk about meditation and. Once I used the vehicle of writing to get part of my message out, it's been able to hit more people. So I'm constantly being asked about meditation and uh, just on Facebook or, or just people I meet at conventions. And people, in other words, people are very hungry and thirsty for this. They just didn't know what to expect. And I just got a letter from somebody the other day that said, he just finished May I Sit With You, and he thought it was going to 
change his practice that he's been doing for 20 years because he thought he was doing it wrong. But what happened is he found out it's perfect. You know, he's he's just sitting and and letting it happen. But so what ha- you know, I just uh, this book I decided to put out just. To try to, I mean, it's got so many chapters in it, as you know, just one, two page, some of them are two or three pages, short subjects on everything I could think about that would answer questions about meditation for people. So that's, I mean, one of the reasons I wrote it, just to get more, get the message out and, and answer questions that are always being asked me. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's, I know you are uh, in contact with a, people in recovery literally all around the world that you travel to mm-hmm. share your message and you um as you say on facebook you have uh, a lot of followers on your facebook page it's just tom catton c-a-t-t-o-n right. and so people can go there and and uh follow you there so you really are in touch with what with what's happening in the recovery community in a, in a very broad sense and what people are wanting so you say that you see people hungry and and i know that they talk, as you say, they talk to you when you're there in person, and they also talk to you via the internet. Tell me more about that. Why do you think? What? Why are people so hungry? What's well, that about? Well, you know, the the thing here's the deal. I mean, in the programs in twelve step recovery, you know, in the room we don't talk, or in our any any of the literature in twelve step recovery really doesn't tell people how to meditate or pray or any of that. You know, I mean, we stay very anonymous about that and and we don't want they you know step 11 tells us you know it lays it out but it there's really no techniques in any of the 12 step literature so what i've noticed and i and i speak at a lot of conventions in fact this weekend i'm off to nebraska to speak and i'm wondering how is nebraska now going to love Tom. He's a little airy-fairy, but uh, <laughs> I do, with, with respecting traditions, I do talk a lot about meditation, and all I know, and I let people know it's great to read the 20, your little daily meditation books in the morning, or get down on your knees and ask God to keep you clean that day, and, and then thank him at night and everything, but I say that's not meditation, and so I talk a bit about, you know, and, and that's what I see so many open hearts. They, I just, the hearts are so open and they want to know what, what else there is, you know, how to do it. So, I, I mean, I'm sure that there's going to be a lot of open hearts in Nebraska. You know, I mean, that must be why I'm going there, right? So I of don't know. Course. But it, it really, I just, look at people are just very, uh, they they want to start this practice. They want an intimate relationship with their higher power. And I always explain that, you know, in your relationship with your significant other, if you just went to bed at night and said, oh, thanks for being with me today, and then in the morning you say, oh, I hope we stay together, you know, and that was your communication, the relationship wouldn't really last. I mean, so you have to spend time with people and be to learn to be intimate, to open yourself up. So I think that the practice of meditation, of just sitting there, and it's not sitting there doing nothing. It's like I've mentioned in the book. It's not sitting there doing nothing. It's sitting there doing nothing else and just letting. And this is, our, this is the way we become intimate with our higher power. This is the way we communicate. This is how this intimacy is brought, brought about. So that's why... It's more, it is important to take some time each morning just to be quiet, to sit and listen to the silence. And, and it's, it's a magnificent thing to do. It really is. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm sure you've heard this many times, is that some people will say, I can't sit still, or I sit and my mind, I quote, I can't turn my mind off. What do you have to say about that? Well, I say, exactly. You're a human being. Congratulations. Right. I, mean, I always I'm say, AD- yeah. Listen, I'm ADHD, so I know about not sitting still and, do- and having tons of projects going. And I'll tell you right now, the minute a lot, most of us sit down to meditation, all of a sudden the mind has at least a 100 other things we should be doing rather than sitting there. So that's just the ego, the, the ego trying to create the restlessness so you don't sit. 
And, and the answer to this is, first of all, don't sit down and try to have no thoughts. Everybody thinks. It's okay to think. The whole idea of meditation is just not to follow those thoughts. Don't grab them. Don't chase them. If you just observe them as they arise, they disappear as fast as they arise. It's amazing. Of course, another one is right behind it, but we don't need to grab onto it. And, and pretty soon, we, we are able to get peaceful. And, um, and I tell people, look at Anna, I tell people, I, I just start off with 10 minutes. I, I don't, you don't have to sit there for an hour. Just start for 10 minutes and try to sit down for 10 minutes and just be still and just be okay with whatever's going on. Just don't attach to any of it. Even if you had a blissful white light experience, don't attach to it. You know what I mean? Anything that comes, just let it arise and fall away. Let it arise and fall away. And it will. So starting off with 10 minutes is what I tell all the guys I sponsor is you can do this, just 10 minutes. And, and, and it's a good way to, to um, start the practice off. Mm-hmm. You know, when you're saying that, Tom, what, I'm, uh, what comes to mind to me is the issue of trust for uh, somebody that's not sat still before or doesn't even or maybe hasn't had that experience of just not grabbing onto a thought, it can almost feel like you're falling into a big hole not to grab onto that thought. It takes a lot of trust. How it do does. you what do you say to people about that or how do you work with that? Well I would say just the same stuff. Just start to show up and practice. See it's called a practice, don't forget. Nobody's asking anybody to be perfect. But just to practice, and if 10 minutes is too long, sit down for five minutes. I actually have a a short chapter. In fact, I think it's one page in the book called uh, nine, you know, 90 Sits and 90 Days. And it, it, it goes off the premise of what we tell newcomers when they come into the meeting rooms. Try to hit 90 meetings in 90 days. Now, people, if they can come in as a newcomer and sit in the room and, and for the whole hour of the meeting, I know they can sit down for 10 minutes and meditate, but the, the idea is to apply that principle in meditation, too, with your 11th step. Try 90 sits in 90 days and see what happens. Give it, you know, give it that time. And, I use, you know, like I said, the same premise as 90 meetings in 90 days, and it's a real helpful thing to do. Mm-hmm. But we will, some... we, we will learn to trust with practice, but we've got to start somewhere. Right. What happens uh, for people that, that do that, that try it, um, whether it's the 90 days or not, but that try it? That do, What are some things they tell you about what happens for them? Well, it, they tell me it's changing their life. I hear that so much. My life, you know, they've read one of the books and they've tried to apply, starting to apply it, and they just said, "My, my, this is changing my life." Period, and it really will. Mm-hmm. You get a glimpse. You get a glimpse of just. Now look at the whole idea of meditation. Of course, is to be present with the moment, and that's why we don't want to uh, uh, chase any of our thoughts. We just want to keep returning, keep returning, keep returning to the breath. That's our anchor to the moment. And I'm going to tell you, Anna, it's just like being clean and in recovery. You get a glimpse of what it's like in the first week or two, maybe, of just not having to use. And when anyone gets a glimpse of being present, it just hooks them. You know what I mean? They they mm-hmm. want more of that. Mm-hmm. Thank you. This is beautiful. It's time for our first break. My guest is Tom Catton. He is the author of the newly published book, May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation. And he is sharing with us uh, so beautifully and so much from his open heart about the practice of meditation. You can learn more about Tom's work at www.amazon.com. May I sit with you? May I sit with you? And you can also go to centralrecoverypress.com and uh, find Tom Catton, C-A-T-T, on there and learn more about him. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Wouldn't you like
like to share the programs that inspire you most with audiences around the world? That's easier than ever with mobile giving. Just text Unity Radio to 72727 and help us continue offering spiritual programs that change lives. Does music open your heart and bring you peace and joy? Experience the sacredness of sound with Ramdesh Kaur as we travel the world of mantra, kundalini yoga, and devotional music. Join us for a journey into spirit, Thursdays at 4 p.m. Central, 5 p.m. Eastern, on Spirit Voyage Radio with Ramdesh. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. At Metaphysical Romp 2, we demystify metaphysics to help you live life at a deeper level. One of our key principles is the recognition that you always have the power to choose how you respond to any situation. Instead of asking, why did this happen to me? A better practice, which aligns with the metaphysical principles we share, is to ask yourself the question, how can I use this for good? We promise you'll experience a transformation in thinking that will reap huge dividends as you master the art of living metaphysically. For new perspective and spiritual insight, listen to Metaphysical Romp 2 with co-hosts Rev. Paul Hasselbeck, Rev. Bill Holton, and Rev. Cher Holton. Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Central Time, here on Unity Online Radio. for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Rev. Anna Schaus and her guest. If you have a question or comment or experience with today's topic that you'd like to share, call us now at 888-55-UNITY. That's 888-558-6489. Call now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unityonlineradio.org. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, our topic today is May I Sit With You? A Simple Approach to Meditation, and that is the title of the newly published book uh, by my guest, author Tom Catton. And Tom is a person that's in long-term recovery. He's been in recovery since 1971 and a meditator since 1966. And uh, Tom is such an open-hearted, uh, giving person. And he uh, is in contact with people in recovery all around the world. He does speak to people around the world and follows has a following on online through his Facebook page. It's Tom Catton, C-A-T-T-O-N. And uh blogs on there often and sends out messages and he's just a very giving person and and really deeply experienced with meditation so he is sharing with us about his book and about um his experiences with meditation and how it works and what a great difference it can make in one's life before i get back to my conversation with tom i'd like to invite you to spend a moment with me in the serenity minute and to relax to share a constructive idea and spend just a few moments in the quiet in that place where we're still and present so i invite you to relax be aware of yourself um, in the crown of your head and gently and lovingly Move your attention through your body temple, allowing yourself to relax and to let go. Be aware of your breath as it comes in and goes out. And share with me this constructive idea. I let myself be present in this moment, and I notice the love that fills me. I let myself be present in this moment. And I notice the love that fills me. And so we let go now, simply allowing the quiet to be present.
Thank you, friend, for joining me in the Serenity Minute. And I hope that that was a moment for you to make that conscious contact with your higher power to let that relationship grow a little bit and take a moment to simply be quiet and uh, let that love that you are come forth. So now I'm back to my conversation with my guest, Tom Catton, as we're talking about May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation. So, um, Tom, before the break, you were talking with us about being present in the moment. So share some more with us um, about that and about how that affects stress level. I, You know, it's no secret that today we've all got lots going on and we get our eyes glued to these cell phones and all this stuff. So how does meditation help us with that stress factor? That's a good question, Anna, and a very... And, and it has a beautiful answer because, it, first of all, there is a lot going on. And guess what? When you get in recovery and stop using and get into service, you do not get a gold star next to your name. <laughs> Challenges will still appear. We all are out there in the world, and we all have some very horrific and horrendous challenges come. I mean, people lose their homes. They lose their loved ones. And or they get even a traffic ticket, or they have a minor surgery, whatever, that we're riddled with uninvited challenges every day. Now, here's the deal. So challenges do have stress. It's okay to be stressed out over uh, a challenge or a diagnosis or anything like that. That's going to happen. But the key is to stay present. If you stay present in the moment with this challenge, you are only feeling the stress of that challenge. But what happens is we all grab onto those thoughts and we call them storylines in the meditation world. In other words, or you might, in the back in the 80s, we called it the committee going on in our heads or we're writing a movie play, you know, or something. But anyway, what happens is we start going off into a story about the outcome of whatever this challenge is. And pretty soon we are so, and, and first of all, we all know in hindsight that none, it never works out the way we thought it was going to. And if we look back on other challenges. So basically what happens is that 10% of the stress we're feeling is from the actual challenge, which is okay. The other 90 is in our heads. We are creating every bit of it. So that's what's so important to stay present in the moment is to stop for our lives mm-hmm. and you know that we all do when we get caught up in these things I mean it's so easy the mind just takes off faster than we think and pretty soon we're out next week or next month and we're making all this stuff up every bit of it's made up right it's sort of like the projecting out the fear I think kind of playing out the Ooh, what if that happened scenario? Right, right. And it's always what if or if, uh-huh. or if only, you know, and that, that doesn't do us any good. It's, if we can just come back to the breath like you were just talking about in your, in, in the, coming back on the air, you know, and just be present. Just sit with what's actually going on. And it, it lessens the stress like by 90%. It really does. Mm-hmm. And pretty soon we just... And we can go through these challenges in a much softer way that way. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're always going to be there. We can't escape the challenges. Right. You know, sometimes I think that's the the fantasy uh, that people think, oh, I'm going to get, quote, get spiritual. <laughs> and, then I'm, and then I'm, quote, not going to have any problems. And, you know, the, the older I get, the more I think that's the addictive fantasy. That has yeah. nothing. Do with spirituality, right? Because we're already right. spiritual. So, how do you see that, and how's meditation? Well, I see that about? exactly. I look at the look at. I never want to go back to using. Okay, I was a hopeless dope fiend, 
and I never want to go back there. But once I got clean, I, I actually started to hurt more than I ever did. It was a, it was the kind of pain that you get clean and you start to exp- do self-discovery and working the steps and cleaning yourself out, and all of a sudden you can really feel now. And I think that once we step on the spiritual path and we practice meditation and we are not trying to shield ourselves, we're not trying to cling to bliss or run from unpleasant feelings we have to sit and let happen what's going to happen and we're feeling for the first time so it actually is kind of like i said i never want to return to using again it was pure hell out there but in some ways i've hurt more on the spiritual path because i'm really in the midst of everything and not trying to shield it Right. You know, when you're saying that, it's like back to that issue of the illusion of control. I think the addictive process, again, whether it, you're mm-hmm. a, the person that's got substance addiction or a family member or friend who's got the focus on the the person with addiction or whatever your take is or many ways addiction manifests, it's, it's like the illusion of control. It's like, I don't want to feel this. So, you know, if I can get focused on, the, and, and we're not doing this consciously, but it's that focus on the outer and then, I, I, man, I'm not feeling anything. <laughs> Right, but, but you're piling up problems. That's the, yeah, <laughs> and eventually it crashes on your head. There, yeah. So, so I'm thinking it's like about it is about giving up the illusion of control. You want to talk about that some more? Well, li- listen, uh, that's the whole idea. Uh, one of the basic definitions of mindfulness deals with this. It, it absolutely says that during meditation, and then we take our meditation with us when we leave in the morning and we just try to practice. What we're trying to practice is being present and accepting what life offers us in each moment without trying to change or manipulate it to our good. And that's that's giving up control. In other words, we're taught just to embrace what every moment offers us without trying to change it. You know, without Mm -hmm. trying to control it and not, you know, I don't know what's going to make me happy. I don't know what's going to make me grow spiritually. So what I'm being taught to do is just accept what life offers me each moment without, you know what I mean? No Mm -hmm. manipulation, no trying to uh, move things in my direction to what I think will make me feel good. It's just totally acceptance and surrender to what is right now. That's that's no control at all. That's giving up control. Right. I love that. You know, and in in your book you have a chapter chapter 34 and the title of it is Becoming Vulnerable. Right. Now, in active addiction, that is like a dirty word. Vulnerable? No thanks. Yeah. I don't think so. <laughs> So where does vulnerability get you in the process of recovery? Oh, well, I mean, I talk about that also in another chapter of just uh, uh, beginner's mind, you know. And, and in other words, look, at I'll, I'll have 44 years clean next month. And I like to stay vulnerable because it keeps me teachable like a newcomer. When I'm open and I, and if I'm not vulnerable, I'm trying to like manipulate and change everything. I think I know what's good for me. But like I just said a moment ago, I have no idea what it takes to grow spiritually for me. So I just show up to the moment and I try to stay like a newcomer, vulnerable. In other words, I have just as much awe today, if not more, that I'm clean. And I also have just as much knowledge that I'm not clean forever. I'm clean today, right right this moment, you know. And if everything works out on the 20th of October, I'll be, you know, have another clean time birthday. But that is only the only way I can stay with this program is to stay vulnerable and stay new. Mm-hmm. Or why would I still want to go to meetings after forty-four years? You know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think being vulnerable is very, very important. Just it's a, a state that you, when you're vulnerable, your heart is wide open, and I think having your heart burst wide open is so important. I think the heart opening. Is walks hand in hand with the spirit awakening, you know, and that's what we're all here for is is this awakening of spirit. It's the, it's the essence of, like you said, it's the essence of 
12-step recovery and not using again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just to keep awakening and keep our hearts open. And that's vulnerability, you know. I, right. I, just, I, I don't want any sh- more shields in my way. I don't need any more protection. That's powerful. Okay, talk about that. You know, as human beings, often we are out there, ooh, baby, trying to protect ourselves from whatever we think is going to get us. So if we're going to give that up, if you say, I don't want any more protection, so what is there then? <laughs> it's <laughs> nothing. Isn't that great? <laughs> nothing to, ha- nothing oh, to hang on to. Look at if you're on the spiritual path, and and you're walking toward like what they say on the razor's edge. You, you you're gonna. I say this in both my books, and I give examples sometimes. There's been more than once that I have been basically stripped of everything that I that I that was dear to me and that I hung on to for my security. Mm-hmm. You know, and I've been left in that place with nothing to hang on to because what it is it's a great lesson in impermanence you know because everything out there is impermanent what it makes us do if we don't go use and if we're serious about recovery we dive within even more we dive within to our true nature to our god self to enlightenment whatever you want to call that stuff you said dive d-i-v-e Dive, D-I-V-E, right, okay. dive within. Mm-hmm. There's nowhere else, there's nothing on the outer to hang on to. Mm-hmm. You know, so, I've lost lots of stuff in my, look at, you know, like I said, I didn't get a gold star when I got clean, you know. Mm-hmm. There goes Mango, my dog. I'm got your dog. Yeah. That's Mango, yeah. Hi, Mango. <laughs> He's always on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so it's very important to be able to find our strength within, you know, to find our joy, which is our true nature, to find that love that holds the universe together. It's all within us right now, but it's it, our, own, our own walking through life trying to protect ourselves from any hurt or anything like that is what shields us from that even. So it's a process. It's a I mean, read any of the Christian, the old, you know, the Christian monks from long ago. I mean, everybody went through it, you know. Mm-hmm. They went through that dark night. And uh, unfortunately, this is what we have to do a lot of times mm-hmm. to get to that next level of of, uh, of just feeling the love. Mm-hmm. So when you when all that outer stuff goes away, and if you are willing to dive into that inner place, <laughs> something somehow something does catch you. It sounds like, or you may not phrase yeah. it that way. How would you phrase yeah. it? Well, that that's right. Something that what's what's there is your true nature, which is what you're really trying to find the whole time, mm-hmm. and it's just this feeling of so much love and joy. That you're just you're okay, you know. You're 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 not looking for approval from anyone anymore. You, there's not you don't need to protect yourself anymore, and you know that. It's I guess it's kind of like living with grace, you know, which we can't. And look at Anna, we can't make any of this stuff happen. We have nothing to do with it. All we really have to do is show up for practice and trust, you know, that everything unfolds as, as necessary. And and if we're lucky, we find ourselves in the lap of the divine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, I I think that that's that's the great fear. It's kind of like jumping off the diving board or whatever. It's like, right. is there going is there going to be anything that's going to catch me? Right. There is there is that trust. Yeah. There's that willingness to to surrender. Well, once we so- start to touch this stuff inside, it's just. It's just, it's amazing, you know. I mean, I think, you know, you know that. Many of the listeners know that. We, a lot of people that are in long-term recovery, they wouldn't still be here if something wasn't going on. You know, mm-hmm. recovery's got to be more than just not using. That's the bottom line, yes. But if it was just that, I wouldn't still be here. But it's the spiritual path, this, this path that it offers us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, working these 12 steps in our lives. Right. Thank you, Tom. It's beautiful. It's time for our break now. Um, 
stay with us, all of you who are out there listening and com- contemplating this wisdom here. Um, my guest is Tom Catton. We are talking about his book, May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation and All the Experience That Goes With That. Stay with us. We'll be right back on Spirit of Recovery. Somewhere, tucked away in the Unity Library archives in Unity Village, Missouri, you can find a secret treasure. They are the scripts from Unity co-founder Charles Fillmore's early days on broadcast radio, the teachings of Unity's founders, almost a 100 years old. Now, for the first time in history, you can hear them through the power of the Internet. Join Bob Brock every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Unity Classic Radio, words from our past. Discover the wisdom of Charles Fillmore's talks and of other Unity Radio speakers read on the air again. Call in your comments and questions as Bob and his special guests revisit Unity Radio talks of the past, along with historical background from the early days of the Unity movement. That's Unity Classic Radio, words from our past, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, Right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Ever notice how the funniest things happen when we stop taking ourselves too seriously and step out boldly? Listen to Funniest Thing with Daryl and Ed as these unlikely saints administer a refreshing dose of laughter and love that will inspire you to step out boldly and experience the funniest things. Join the discussion with Daryl and Ed live every Wednesday at 5 p.m. Central Time on Funniest Thing, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Listening to Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with your host, Reverend Anna Schaus, PhD. And now, here's Anna. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. If you're just joining us, my name is Anna Schaus. I'm your host. My guest today is author Tom Catton. He is a person in long-term recovery since 1971, and he's been a meditator since 1966. Tom is the author of two books, The Mindful Addict, and also his new book, May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation. And we're talking about that. Tom's got lots of wonderful, heartfelt experience um, with his own meditation practice and also with sharing this with other people in recovery. You can read more about Tom's work at centralrecoverypress.com and you can go there and look up Tom Catton, C-A-T-T-O-N, and find out more about him. And also uh, you can go to amazon.com and look up May I Sit With You and you can find more about Tom there as well. So, um, Tom, you were uh, sharing with us, you know, just some wonderful things about this process of meditation and where it takes us into that place of love within ourselves. And a part of Buddhist meditation, and you have also a chapter on this in your book, is the practice of metta, M-E-T-T-A. Tell mm-hmm. us about that and what what it is and how it works and why it makes such a wonderful difference for us and for the world. Okay, thank you very much. Metta is the practice of loving kindness. It is when we send loving kindness out to the world or to ourselves. And let me just say that in the Christian sense, when uh, we talk about praying for others or, you know, I mean, first of all, the program says we shouldn't be praying for anything, just seeking knowledge of God's will. But we all know that, you know, we have prayer circles and we have prayers. And what my sponsor used to tell me, if I'm going to pray for somebody, follow it with thy will be done. Just neutralizing my request, like letting me know that I I may be praying for you, but do I really know what's the best for you? You know, so that's why you follow with thy will be done. And loving kindness, we always go, may you be filled with joy. May you be 
free of suffering. And so the may you is kind of like the thy will be done. It just neutralizes it. So loving kindness is a beautiful meditation practice that you can use every day as your meditation or as part of it. And I run a, uh, uh, a meditation group every, besides the second and fourth Sundays at our house here, we have a meditation group. But then every Monday for about the last year and a half, we, a bunch of program people have been going to this guy's house that is, has ALS. And now he's completely, completely on life support and can't move anything, but his eyes just twinkle and he can smile. And, and I, uh, I take some Tibetan bowls down and do some sound healing before, we, and then we go into a guided meditation. And a very important part of the meditation is the loving kindness. And I always tell people, start with yourself first. And this is kind of hard for program people to say, start with me, to send loving kindness to me. It'd be like praying for yourself. But I just ask people to just sit for a while with mindfulness, and then we just ask, we just, uh, ask our hearts to open up. Just ask, invite your heart to open. And we just sit, and for a while I just say, send loving kindness to your own heart. Send care and compassion to your own heart. You know, you might say, may I be happy. May I be healthy. May I live with ease. May I be free of suffering and the causes of it. Just to spend a little time Send, you know, and, and, and purposely sending much compassion to your own heart. So this, we start to fill ourselves up, and then you can switch it to sending the love out to others. And that would be in the same ideas if you're having a troubled situation with somebody or a challenge. You know, you in the Christian sense, you might pray for this person, but in the loving kindness, we just send loving kindness. We wish them to have everything we would love, you know, just sending, may you be joyful, may you know, you know, may you be free of suffering. So this is the act of loving kindness, and, and it's good to practice every day, and, um, and you know, as part of your meditation. And the, in the program, we have promises, and the Buddha himself uh talked about promises if you practice loving kindness you know and i always i it's something like you know you will you will sleep easily you will wake delightful your um people will love you and be attracted to you devas and animals will be attracted and and love you and you know it just goes down the list and it right up to you know, your mind will be radiant, your face serene, and you will die without confusion, which is just really beautiful when you really look mm-hmm. at it, to die without confusion. So loving metta, loving kindness, is such an important practice for everybody, and especially for people in recovery. And, it, and, and a lot of my men that, I, that are on their ninth step, and they, and they may owe amends to themselves, too, of course, you know. And I, all ha- I have, that's an assignment to start to practice loving kindness to yourself, you know. Because so many people come in the program are self-haters. We feel so separated and, and less than. That's, you know, that's what God is to using. So loving, sending loving kindness and just inviting your own heart to open and just filling it with love is such a, beautiful thing to do for yourself Mm -hmm. thank you that's yeah that's wonderful yeah it matters so much that 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 rift that we do often feel within ourselves gets healed i think if we're alienated from ourselves it's we're kind of alienated from god it's important yeah, and it's that loving kindness we do send to ourselves. Then we are filled up, and then we send it out to others. Mm-hmm. You see? It's so it's really a, a very beautiful practice. Yeah, I love that. You know, when you were talking about the promises uh, of the Buddha, and it sounded like some of them really did have to do with the quality of relationships with other people mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. with situations. So how have you found that a meditation practice affects your relationships with people? 
Well, the biggest effect that can have and, and the most notable one would be that I'm learning to be present in my life. And that's the most important thing. I mean, especially working with sponsees if you're in the program. That's the one thing I learned. I just got to show up and be present for them. You know, just being present for someone when they're talking to you or something or communicating with you is so powerful because most people are, you know, somewhere else thinking of what they're going to say or just off on something, you know. And so being present for someone is the most loving thing you can do. You know, so just that alone is so huge in relationships. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think, I think most of us, if not all of us, crave that just to have to right. be present. Right, that's all we are. When you're look at you, you're not a therapist in the program. When we sponsor people, we're not therapists. We're not judges. We're not you know, any of the counselors or any of this stuff, you know, what we are is helping somebody through the steps. The best thing we can do is be present for them and really hear what they're saying. That's, that it's, it's huge. I mean, that's what my first sponsor was just pure love, you know, this lady Flobert. And, and if you can just be present, then there's just this pure love between you and the sponsee. And it's, it's apparent it's there. You don't have to have all the right words to say, they'll come, you know what I mean? But just being present is huge for the person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, what that brings to mind, too, is often in the process of recovery, uh, a person, again, whether whatever side of this uh, addiction disease you're on, if you're at the family disease or uh, the substance aspect of it or whatever, people uh, find that sometimes it's not like, oh, I walked in the doors and I never used again. It was all walking down the happy road there, that there can sometimes be quite a process. And um, you were started meditating in 1966, and yet um, you call your sobriety date in 1971. So I'm right. guessing you had a bit of a process. So what about that? And for the people that may be, yeah, I'm in a process, man. I'm kind of right, coming back right. in and going back out. So how does that work? Yeah, I did. I did it. Well, yeah, I started meditating in '66, and I became a vegetarian in '66. And then what happened is I ended up going to my first recovery meeting actually in 1968. So I actually did have three years from six once I was in the program, and once I went, I was I was there. I was going, but I kept you know I would get three or four months together and use again and. And I think in 1970, I stayed clean most of the year, and there was just a, you know, I had two four-month things where I stayed clean. And so, um, yeah, I, and it's just, nobody knows. In those days, there really, weren't really a lot, there weren't any treatment centers. You didn't really hear about 12-step recovery. It was very anonymous in the 60s, you know. But it moved in next door to me, as you know, from mm-hmm. my book, The Mindful Addict, and somebody was led right to that house, this lady, and she started a 12-step meeting, and I went. And so I knew, right, I mean, for once I had something to call myself. You know, I I, I, I met other addicts and alcoholics, and I didn't know what was the matter with me. But, yeah, my process was to bounce in and out for a few years. I just and I and I think even though I was totally ready for it in 1968, for some reason I just still had those reservations. Like as long as I wasn't shooting heroin, maybe I could smoke a joint and drink a beer, you know, or something like that. And inevitably I would do that and then be strung out again. So that was kind of my path. So I do identify very much with the people that bounce have to bounce in and out. And and hopefully we make it, you know. Mm-hmm. It would mm-hmm. just all have different paths that were, like I said, I was so ready in 1968, but it just, I, I just couldn't let go yet. Right. Was your, did you continue to meditate throughout that time? Yeah. And so how did you think that helped you? Um, even well, though you I think, yeah, I think it kept the vision of what was there in me, you know, even before I, I mean, that's why meditation is so important to me, too, Anna, because, see, I mean, in 1966, I did start meditating, and the first thing was with Yogananda, Paramahansa Yogananda, through the autobiography of a yogi. I took his lessons. My next thing I did, just, you know, uh, probably 1967, towards the end of 67, was um, 
get initiated in the transcendental meditation with Maharishi. I was one of the first people in Hawaii to get it, you know. So there was this, look at, there was this thing inside of me that knew there was something better. And, and, and I just, I couldn't stop using though, you know. And mm-hmm. I never knew I was an addict or an alcoholic to say until I went to the meeting. So I think that this, and then the way I met this lady, Flowbird, that she was actually meditating that morning 40 miles away from where I lived on the North Shore. And in meditation, she was guided to the house that was right next door to me and was told to move in there, which she did, and started a meeting. And that's a story in itself. And, I mean, the Mindful Addict is full of stories of mm-hmm. travels with her that we did just on guidance, you know. So mm-hmm. her, I mean, I wouldn't be clean if somebody hadn't been meditating and listening to the guidance. So coming from the 60s, you know, and getting, being attracted to all these gurus, then finding the program and seeing how important meditation was, that's what, what kept it alive for me even in those three years I was bouncing in and out. Mm-hmm. So that I, I, I contribute. Yeah, I never, I never stopped meditating. I, I, I just became aware of about a week ago because I'm always telling people, yeah, I've been a vegetarian since 1966, which is true. I've never eaten meat or fish since then. Mm-hmm. And, and I said, I've been meditating since 66. And that's just been a number in my head, kind of, you know. All mm-hmm. of a sudden I discovered, oh, my God, it's 2015. Next year I've got 50 years of being <laughs> Wow. <laughs> a vegetarian and meditating. I've never looked at it in that perspective. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and, and yet I, and I'm going to have 44 years queen, but I got to tell all the listeners, I'm a newcomer at it all. You know, mm-hmm. and I want to remain a newcomer because an expert is not teachable and a newcomer that's vulnerable is teachable, you know, and that's why I like to remain with that and, and, and I like to participate in my own recovery. You know, 12-step recovery is very important to me. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Tom, our time is up. But, wow, what a wonderful, rich uh, conversation we're having. And I so much appreciate who you are, what you've done, what you're doing, and that your willingness to continue to be vulnerable and to stay in contact, you know, with your higher power and to keep keep doing the practice. You're a gift to all of us, and thank you very much. Thanks well, for... So are you, Anna. Thank you very much. Thank you. Right, well, listeners, aloha. aloha. Thank you all for joining us today. My guest is Tom Catton, and we're talking about his book, May I Sit With You, A Simple Approach to Meditation. So God bless all of you, and have a wonderful week, and we'll be back next week on Spirit of Recovery. Thank you for listening to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central Time for down-to-earth ideas about keeping spirituality at the heart of your recovery. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Benefits of spiritually conscious living start now. For a time-tested method to live with purpose and release your infinite potential, tune in to the Yoga Hour, Living the Eternal Way, with Yogacharya Ellen Grace O'Brien, every Thursday morning at 10 a.m. Central, 8 a.m. Pacific, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity.
Do you experience the peace and joy promised by A Course in Miracles? Or are you still struggling to truly live your beliefs from moment to moment? Let Rev. Jennifer Hadley help you focus on your intent to be the love, be the peace, through practical application, by walking your talk. Experience the healing live every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Central on A Course in Miracles, Living the Love, Walking the Talk. Only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Victoria Moran. Since we launched the Main Street Vegan podcast back in 2012, lots more people have discovered the way that moving in a vegan direction can infuse our lives with vitality, spirituality, and compassion. My guests are experts on every aspect of making this work in your real life and our real world. Join us for Main Street Vegan here on mindbodyspirit.fm.